On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Mark Samuel from i1 Organics. Awesome conversation, a little bit different than normal. We were talking uh, more in the CPG space, which is something we don't normally talk about here, but really translatable for you guys uh, in the physical product space in e-commerce. You guys are not going to want to miss this episode. Hey guys, before we begin, I want to talk to you about how to grow your e-commerce brand in a post-iOS 14.5 world. If you're doing over seven figures in D to C, you need to hear this. Back when Facebook ads were absolutely crushing it and driving massive amounts of revenue, setting up basic flows and sending out occasional email campaigns used to cut it, SMS marketing included. You'd see it constantly and so would we when we were looking at accounts at Mindful Marketing. Brands earning 20 to 45% of their total revenue with email marketing with maybe three to four hours of work a month. And that's because they just set up some basic flows and then silence. But now that the Facebook algorithm has stopped spitting out such ridiculous returns, where do we go? Retention. But it requires marketers to go deeper than simple templated flows and copy and pasted campaigns, which we've seen all the time. It requires actually having a system that increases the LTV of your customers and then actually realizing that entire customer lifetime value in a shorter period of time. And hopefully even seeing a higher LTV. We're saddened to see brands do all the same things with their emails and SMS, and we're sick of auditing agency accounts who simply set up welcome flows and show off how many sales they make. Anyone can set up a welcome flow, abandoned cart flow, etc. That is the simple stuff, guys. The real key in retention marketing is digging deep into your market, copy, offer, your creative, and then pairing that with a strategy that turns one-time buyers into two-time buyers, into three-time buyers, and on and on, just like we've seen at our brands. So if you want to find out exactly exactly how deep our retention marketing strategy goes, book a quick wins call with our team and we will show you exactly how we drive more repeat sales for our clients and hopefully how you can too. Go to mindfulmarketing.co slash quick wins. That's mindfulmarketing.co slash quick wins, all one word. Now on to today's episode. If you're an e-commerce shop owner looking to scale, you've noticed that managing communication on multiple social channels is such a pain. And more than likely, you're finding that chats with customers can often get lost in the shuffle of a busy day. Well, with Smart Inbox, you can skip the chaos of customer communication, get all of your incoming chat, email, Facebook, and other messages in a single app that is automatically organized for you so that you can faster respond to your conversations from around the web. If everything else is equal, the best customer support wins, but managing conversations is not easy. The Smart Inbox team has found that 83% of business owners, even probably some of you that are listening to this episode of Secrets to Scaling, are regularly missing out on key conversations that can easily be converted into upsells, repeat purchases, or better resolutions just by simply responding. With Smart Inbox by user.com, get all of your conversations in a single smart inbox. Make a smoother shared experience for your team and your customers, save time, eliminate missed messages, and own all your key customer details automatically in one place. Level up your customer communication and get started for free with Smart Inbox by visiting smartinbox.user dot com slash secrets. Let's try that one more time. That's smartinbox.user.com slash secrets. Now on to today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back here with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Today I am super excited to chat with Mark Samuel from I1 Organics. 
Really looking forward to having this conversation. Mark, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Thanks. Appreciate having me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe today isn't as aptly named uh, for you. Maybe it should have been Secrets to Scaling Your CPG Brand. Uh, that would have been a, a bit of a better uh, title for this. Uh, and, and maybe that's what will make the title of the actual episode itself. Uh, Mark, for people who know nothing about you and nothing about I1 Organics, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. I uh, live in California, North Northern California. Shout out, Northern California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go Dubs. I1 Organics, uh, founded in 16, really got off the ground in 2018. We're a plant-based snack company. We're really known for our, our, our salty snacks, our puffs, and our sticks line. But we recently launched a cereal and a granola line. So people will start uh, seeing that a little bit more as well. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. So for people who are listening to this, who aren't really in the CPG space, what does the mix look like for you between retail and online? Yeah, we're about 80-20. So 80 wholesale, uh, retail, natural, conventional grocery, and then 20% online. So we do direct, uh, but our big business is Amazon. And then we have a couple online partners like Thrive uh, that we do very well with. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. How do you balance, especially as a brand who is primarily in big box wholesale retail locations, how do you balance that selling online versus the brands that we have on and the brands that we talk about and the brands that I own? We first started as D2C and it was like, awesome, wholesale, this is this is what you get. Here's our terms. Whereas I, I, I'm assuming with you know some of the bigger brands that I saw that you guys were in, you can't necessarily dictate your terms the same sort of way that we could. <laughs> Yeah, I think it just depends on what type of business you want to have. I mean, CPG is an extremely difficult business like most verticals, but it goes back to the main theme, which is you want to be where your customers are. So if you have a business, a product, a service that uh, more are going to find you online, that's kind of where you want to be. For us, we knew retail was going to be a big opportunity for us and one we wanted to focus on. So the the ratio that I had called out right now is really where we plan to be. So it's kind of where you're going to allocate your resources to make sure you're executing, you know, that type of opportunity. And, you know, we're, we're finding ourselves to be roughly where we thought we were going to be from day one. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Were there some like certain people that you look to in the industry to help you with that, with knowing where, where that balance was going to be? Or was that just like, hey, we think it's going to be 80-20? No, we've gone a little bit unconventional as far as that route. We, we've really gotten placements on our own, which uh, is great. Uh, it just uh, A few things are sort of mixed in with that. Number one is we have a, a great mission and a purpose, a true founder story. We have a great product line, so that's always helpful. And when I, I tell people to focus on me, the product has to be good. And then we're always open and, and want to be the one leading that sort of charge as far as sales. We want to be on the calls. We're not really interested in having broker relationships handle the things that we think are the most important, which is really having those conversations. Mm. Um, so we've just kind of found ourselves in this situation. So you mix that with opportunity, luck, God's grace, and all the other cool things. And, and we're kind of at the place that we are. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. So snacks, massive category there, you know, you go into an entire aisle in the grocery store and it's snacks. I mean, I'm sure you can tell I I love snacks. I'm I'm a snacker, especially after about 8 PM. What was the gap that you were trying to fill or was there a gap or were you just like, you know, trying out some previous ones and were like, "Uh, I think we can do this better. I'm a health and wellness enthusiast. So I've been doing this a long time. So finding myself in a food and beverage, I knew it was going to be 
something to do with organic foods. I wanted it to be plant-based. I was leaning heavily into legumes, which is something I had interest in. So that's where we found ourselves with peas and beans. And I knew it was going to fall into balanced nutrition because I'm a proponent of balanced nutritional profiles and or eating habits. So proteins, fats, carbohydrates for long-term success. So I kind of mixed all of those things and created our first product off the back of that. Interesting. I chatted with the guys uh, over at Midday Squares and interestingly, you know, they fit into a weird category in grocery stores, right? Where do you guys fit? Are you guys in the main sort of snacking aisles? Where, where do people picture like what, what type of mind share do you guys take up? Yeah, off the back of that, they find themselves in an interesting category because they're refrigerated, but they're also off the back of, shout out Perfect Bar, a brand that really built that that opportunity and space and can showcase and did uh, that there's success there. So shout out to both those brands. For us, uh, we're in salty snack category, at least now with our core products. Again, cereal and, and granola finds themselves in their own sets, but we knew we were going to compete. It really wasn't going to be about that. If you're scared about competing, you shouldn't get into any type of business on, you know, on your own anyway. But our value add and something that we will always talk about is that we are one of only in the better for you that is better for you. So we believe we're the best of the better for you. Mm. We're organic. That's call out one. But two is we're nutritionally balanced. So we have higher protein and fiber than those in our set or our category. And then the last piece, which has to round it out, we taste amazing. We mm. have the best tasting product in that category. It doesn't matter that we're better for you nutritionally. That's the cherry on top. You have to have a great tasting product for customers, not only to get that trial done, but for them to come back because it's the latter that makes the world of difference and one that lets you continue on your path. Absolutely. I mean, you can make anything, you know, be nutritional, right? We all know what you know, nutritional items are. And a lot of times, especially in the grocery store, they're super bland, right? Like you'll buy it once and and that will be your last time purchasing it. Mark, I got a question for you on when thinking about customer research, snacking is just such a massive category. How do you build up customer avatars for you? Or is that even something that you guys would do? Uh, a customer avatar. Walk me through what you mean by that. Oh, absolutely. So, so thinking of, and sorry, this is, I'm totally getting into kind of more marketer speak. So thinking of that singular customer, say her name is like Amy, who, you know, works out and goes to yoga, buys Lululemon, she wants to buy these snacks and, and thinking of all of the things and building out an actual avatar of that ideal person. Who do you guys, you know, think as far as your perfect customer, how do you balance that in being in such a broad category? Yeah, you, you should have an intent when you start. You should know who your customer is. And then sometimes you find out later who it really is. Hmm. Uh, and that's just by getting data. You, you know this too. It could be online. You could get a lot of information that way. That's why a lot of brands start that way. Just finding out who is this customer? How should I talk to them? For us, we knew originally, which many didn't think was our lowest hanging was going to be female. So we are that. So it's 75, 25 women. We knew it was going to be family based. I knew that from day one. Many people, because they knew there was a nutritional angle to it, or knew that I was a fitness enthusiast, right? A health enthusiast thought that it was going to be targeted to health enthusiasts. They thought because we were in vitamin shop that that was the target. Mm. That is a target. Health and wellness enthusiasts don't need to be educated on better for you products. 
Absolutely. That's a plus for us. But we knew that the large consumer, the one that would build the brand and be a a real opportunity would be the families, would be those that walk the shelves at Whole Foods and are Sprouts or Kroger's uh, and are looking for better for you products for themselves and their family. Yeah. Yeah. So so sort of that middle one, the the aspirational customer who wants to eat healthier, doesn't really know how, isn't necessarily the the gym rat or the, the person who's like, focused on fitness at all at all times. Awesome. Awesome. That's that's great. You guys started in 2016, you know, we're in early 2022 right now. What went wrong? Talk to me about about that and what kind of learnings you had from uh, some of the mistakes you've made along the way. Yeah, the first product was a protein chip. Um, and so I dove deep into the manufacturing side day one. Uh, I'm a big proponent of that, especially for for founders is really get involved on the manufacturing side, learn get inside, ask questions, watch it, feel it, touch it. Um, and I uh, had an, the, the, the idea that this protein chip, which was higher in protein, would be the first of the opportunities. And I was kind of wrong. I was more wrong on the nutritional side. So okay. we were touting a little bit higher in protein to start. And that was playing with the taste and texture. And I believed that we could give up a bit of the taste and texture because of the nutritional profile. And I was wrong. Mm. And we found it early enough. Uh, and it was probably the the biggest, again, the biggest thing that I like to talk on, which is taste is everything. You can be nutrition this, nutrition that. But at the end of the day, especially in today's environment where you can really create amazing products and still be nutritionally dense, you got to really forge and lean into taste and texture. Absolutely. In- interesting. One of the companies that we own is uh, in apparel. We uh, manufacture here in Canada and we've got another brand down in the States. We do most of our manufacturing overseas. Very large quality difference. And, and they they were built on two different sort of ideas. Now, the you know we've thought a lot and we've looked at our profit and loss and we could probably save, we're figuring about 700,000 if we went overseas with our Canadian made company. The issue is I don't think we'd have a company if we did that. I think that that is a massive part of what we do and part of the USP. And I'm just, all all I'm trying to do for people who are listening to this right now is think, you know, your product is the most important thing, especially when it comes to that customer lifetime value, right? And we obviously in apparel have totally different customer lifetime values, but if we did not have high quality apparel, our customer lifetime value wouldn't be 12 to $1,400 like it is now, right? And that's how we have a thriving sort of business. So when you hear Mark talk about taste, that's exactly what comes to my mind right away is like, hey, put that extra time into your product development. It is so ridiculously important. Anybody can market and sell things and we can package it up in a certain way. But if they don't come back, it doesn't really matter. Mark, let's talk marketing. What's working for you guys right now? Oh, we do it all. We do it all, but there's so much more you can do. Uh, just for context, I just got off the call with um, our co- our social media manager, and we're talking more about TikTok. And it's something that we haven't leaned heavily into, and people should. So we're just doing strategy around about that, and around that, and and more of it, content, more content, and getting content creators. Yeah. And so again, this that's a separate episode. We do really everything. We built on been built on social. I have a personal brand on social on LinkedIn, so that helps. And we're just going to continue down that path along with the things that you have to do at, at shelf, right? In store, which is promotions and schedules and and, and coupons and 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 all things digital to really help move uh, not only in trial but um, support the partnerships with 
digital marketing and and online advertising uh, alike. What is that balance like with the marketing budget that you have versus in-store sales? Are they asking, are the stores asking you to be spending money in their markets? Yeah, I mean, the short answer is yes. You have to have a promotional schedule and it's heavy. Oftentimes, it depends, you know, but I'll use a number. It should be 25% roughly that you'll see as a, as a spend. And so uh, this is another piece to it. A lot of founders don't understand the capital requirement needed. And then uh, to align with that, they also don't understand the margin requirement needed uh, for products like ours. And in today's environment with price increases across the board, that's where you'll need to start really dialing in and figuring out, do you have a business? You know, Do you have a sustainable business? One that you're not just going to have to continue to just pump cash into that you're burning. So there's a, there's a lot to that. But yes, there's a tremendous spend needed. Mark, let's go back to content creators. Where are your plans and where's your head at with that on TikTok specifically? Generally, as far as influencers is where I sort of put a piece to the businesses, we don't pay a lot. So we don't have a budget like that where we can get large influencers with large following and or impact. I'm actually always been more of a believer in micro influencers anyway. I really like those that have a thousand followers Hmm. with, you know, just some real sort of organic strategy behind what they're doing. We don't tell anybody what to do or what to say. We give them product and we want their real feedback. So we push on that angle. And then one step further, again, this is a whole separate subject. But as far as TikTok, what I believe people should be doing is just getting content creators. They could be people in colleges, somebody nearby, just people in that sort of that age bracket who are willing to just have your product. They're willing to do some TikTok sort of uh, videos for you. They don't even need to put it on their own platform. They're just sending you the video that they did, right? 10, 15 second clips of something they came up with no direction. It's just content. Pump it out. And then yeah. you throw it up on your channel and see if something gets a hit. That's a, the last piece is TikTok is one of these wide open opportunities right now. It's why I'm talking more about it is it's just got a lot of opportunity for something to pop and people need to recognize that. Absolutely. I recently had a post on LinkedIn where I was talking about the things I was wrong about in 2021. And I really didn't think that TikTok was going to hit our age demographic the way that it has. And now seeing the amount of 30, I'm 35 and seeing the amount of 35 plus people on the platform is astounding. Like, oh my gosh. And then it being the most visited site, I believe it is North America or the world, which is just like, just crazy that it has grown that much. So I am, I was incredibly wrong about our age demo <laughs> entering TikTok. It's important for, for us to not think too deeply into something, right? We may look at a video or watch a video or kids are watching it or whatever it may be. And we're saying, I'd never do that. I'm not dancing. Well, look at that. Look at, look at her. Look at him. You're building a brand. It's not about that, right? You have to remove yourself from that way of thinking. And sometimes that's hard for me too. A friend would say that I'm binary when it comes to something like that. But at the end of the day, there is an appetite there and you just need to figure out what you want to do to sort of put yourself in position to win there. So Mm. it's content creation and you got to dive into it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've been talking about that with our content teams at our different companies too, that like this really, and especially with TikTok, it's just putting the reps in, right? And figuring out what those things are because we still don't know, right? Like one trend can work for three days and then suddenly it doesn't. And so it's just putting the putting the reps in con- consistently. Mark, I got to ask you the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. What is your secret to scaling? Secret to scaling. <laughs> Waking up and, and putting health first. Mm. That's an important one. How come? Why do you think that? 
I, again, I'm a proponent of health. I, I think health comes before everything. You got to get up. You got to exercise. You got to be eating nutritionally dense foods throughout the day. You've got to get sleep in and allow your body, mind, physically and mentally to be where it's meant to be. And you can't do that without health. And so I'm just I talk openly about it. I'll always talk openly about it, about really being the best version of yourself. Once you get there, it will allow you to just be so much better at all the other things that are important. This thing that comes right behind that, of course, is your family. So you can't be your best version of yourself without your health, without your health to help others. And then work comes below that. You know, you want to be you want to be great at something as far as work. You got to put your health first. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I actually just made that decision right before this podcast that uh, I canceled a meeting that was right over top of when I normally go to CrossFit. I was like, no, no, this is way more important. I can have that meeting later because I, yeah. So it's funny, funny that you said Good that. For you. It's important. It's important. I, on the back of that, this morning I had this, people would think that this is really, this morning I had a call with an, a, an equity company. We're, we're potentially looking at maybe doing a raise or whatever. And I got a little bit of a late start for other reasons. And I was mid-workout. I told him, a little bit before the call that we needed to move it back an hour. It's that yeah. simple. I don't, there is nothing more important than your health. Nothing, nothing. So you do not move your workout. You don't, you know, I could go deep, but just put your health first. Absolutely. We've been doing uh, in our companies right now, doing all of our strategic planning for the year. And alongside of that is reviewing core values and and making sure our team really lives and understands the core values. And really, that's like a personal core value that, that you obviously have with health and family, right? And so when you have actual core values that are baked into you that much, that's not, a, I, I imagine that probably wasn't even that hard of a decision for you, Mark. No. Because it's just like, this is how I make a decision. So yeah, it took, me two, it took me two seconds in one email. It's as yeah. simple as that. I can't execute at my highest level unless I am physically and mentally in shape. None of us can. Yeah. The difference is when are we going to make that choice and make it a priority? You got to be super selfish about it. Mm. Think about that for a second. Yeah. You got to be super selfish about your health. It comes first before everybody and everything. Yeah. And so, you know, I'll talk on it as much as I possibly can and use the platforms to do it. It transcends into what we do at I1 and everything else, the, the feeling of, of, of winning. And, and so that's, that's just my theme. Oh, I love it, Mark. I got three more questions for you here. I hope that you are ready. First question, favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Oh, man, I still write down. I don't even know what the, the password to the Wi-Fi is in here. So you, it's a bad, it's a bad. I, I don't, I don't use that you app. What's the, if best, you want. what's the best app? Uber? Is that, am I allowed to say that? I was in Canada, sure. by the way. I was just in Toronto. I used Uber and I used it for the first time because you guys are in lockdown. I used it for the first time to have protein shakes delivered to my hotel from the Walmart. I'd never done that. So there you go. There's your answer. Uber, I guess they call it Uber Eats. So there you go. That's right. That's right. Yes. Toronto is in lockdown and we are absolutely not on the West Coast. I'm just outside of Vancouver. Got it. They're trying, but uh, we're not as, um, I don't think we're as compliant on the West Coast as other places. Madness, so. man. Madness. <laughs> uh, my CrossFit is actually technically supposed to be closed and they've just been like, no, we're not. <laughs> Good for you guys. Good for you guys. Second question, and you, you may have a similar answer to this one. Favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to right now? 
And this is another one. I don't listen to podcasts or I, and I don't read. I know it's crazy. Mark, these are good answers. I know, but it, I just, I am transparent about that. I don't use the extra time that I would have through the, you know, at the end of the day or whatever it may be to, to absorb content that way. I have no problem being hanging out on, on LinkedIn. I love seeing people's posts and stories and what's happening with the growth of their personal, you know, sort of a thing. And I'm often will sort of get involved there, but you're not seeing me put on the headphones for something. No. That's okay. Love it. I got one more question. You're going to have to answer this one, Mark. If you yeah. could sit down with anybody, they have to be alive. You get an hour with them. The Rock. Oh, The Rock. I said this to somebody. And it's just, again, by chance. I just, he's probably the only person that I follow, you know, that's like what we call celebrities. He's just an, a really interesting person that I appreciate as far as the health aspect, what he's built, how he's building it, his the momentum that he's he has, uh, and I think that's just interesting. I think he would be a, a really fun uh, conversation. That's an awesome answer. I love that. Uh, I've got a friend of mine who, um, well, one of my best friends. Uh, anytime he responds with a GIF or a, or a GIF, it's only rock ones. <laughs> nice. And so I get that like a daily dose almost of the rock. So there you go. It's, it's great stuff. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, honestly, tons of value from this conversation today. Where can people find out more about you and connect with you and I Want Organics? Iwantorganics.com. Find us on Amazon, on our website, and then you can find me on LinkedIn, Mark Allen Samuel. Awesome. That's great. Well, thank you so much again for your time today. Yes, sir. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.